In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. And welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast platypus... Travis Ratz. is Travis Ratz. <laughs> wasn't bad. It wasn't That's bad. I, it took me a few to think of it, yeah. but I was like, what starts with a P... Yeah, no, Platypus definitely platypus starts, starts, with, a starts with a P. That's all that's I good. So, uh, so I like how all the P words, you go to Platypus first. <laughs> right. So. Oh, like my podcast peanut. My, my pe- little, peanut? little podcast peanut. I thought you said podcast penis. Or pal. Pal, yeah. podcast pal. I thought pal would be too normal. Yeah, that's true. You're my podcast Platypus, yeah, buddy. This, this is an extraordinary podcast It is an extraordinary today, podcast. We have two people on. Two people on the podcast. And so our book today is Bitch Planet. Uh, on comic exposure, what we do is we bring guests on. We do kind of like a book club about uh, comics. And so today's book is a bitch. Can I say, I'm going to say bitch. <laughs> That's how I'm going to say it. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to say the word bitch in every way possible tonight. <laughs> every time I say it, I'm going to go, yeah. bitch. <laughs> it's like when you, in school you learn about the Hoover Dam and then all the kids like get to say damn all day yeah. without feeling guilty like, about I'm it. I'm talking about the damn. This is how we get to feel about the word bitch today. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. I'm empowered now. Yeah. Are you empowered? I am. Uh, good, e- uh, good evening, bitches. Um, Take it down on the side, Our guests today, we've got two guests on the show. This is the first time in comic exposure history that we have two guests on. First time. Mm. It's impressive. It's impressive. So our guest tonight, uh, guest number one, my lovely wife, Gabby. Gabby, say hi. Hello. And guest number two. That's called nine compliant right there. <laughs> guest number two, my good friend, Becca. Becca, say hi. Hi, we're really best friends. So, Becca, <clears throat> Gabby's, the, Gabby's the been on the show before. <laughs> Gabby's been on the show before, so she's already asked answered this question. So I'm going to ask you this question. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Bitch, please. Bitch. <laughs> Betch. Can I say betch? You can say whatever you want. It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It yeah. is my podcast. So, Becca, uh, what is your... You want? You always ask him. Why don't you ask him? I'll let you ask him. I will ask it. Thank you, you very much. <clears throat> I feel like I was stealing your thunder. Becca. Hi, Travis. I have a question for you, mm-hmm. and I want you to just just be relaxed. I want you to be yourself, but okay. I want you to answer honestly. Got it. And truthfully. Uh, up until this point, uh-huh. what has been your exposure to comic books? Okay. This is really personal, okay. um, <clears throat> but since Gabby and I are completely naked right now, I think that I'll feel a lot more comfortable with answering the question. Um I'd say that my my comic book exposure is pretty minimal. I have three sons, and so they like comic books, uh, graphic novels, but I have no idea where to point them. So uh, there's that. But I think mostly my own personal experience with it is with Walking Dead, where I liked the show, so I started reading the books. Oh, you read the you read the the, the comics? Too? I do. Yeah. Are you are you uh, up to date? I am not. There's so much. There's, there's so much Walking Dead. There's a lot. There's, there's just, a lot. They're about to hit 150, or they did Jeez, just hit 150. They sell those huge omnibuses, uh, the big collection of trades, right? Uh, that are like you could you could knock someone out with that easily. Yeah, it's, it's like just... 50 issues in that for like 25 issues or something yeah, like that. That's, that like, first that's like 50 bucks too. It's a really good deal. For I, have, I, have the, I have the first one. I have the first omnibus. It's pretty gigantic. Yeah, I think I'm probably on around like 50 
55, maybe She's like, 60. I'm on, I've read three. I've read three of them. It is my favorite comic. I really have. But so, here's what I really like okay. about those is that they um, kind of opened up the world to me a little bit mm-hmm. because I have to tell you that I was a little bit skeptical about comic books because I always saw them as like, oh, you read comic books. You're not a real reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't like real literature. You're not a reader, are you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, after those ones, I think that... I'm more open to everything. What do you think? <clears throat> what do you think that um, people who watch the show Walking Dead and those who read the comics? What do you think that people who read the comics? What What are they getting out of the story that people from the show aren't getting? I mean, not specific plot lines, but is there like a sense? Is there something that you feel that you get from reading Walking Dead in comic book form as opposed to yeah. watching it? Yeah. I think it's just like a combination of having that visual, but then also a more of my imagination's engaged. Filling so those like, gaps in, yeah. right? So I have the television experience where it's kind of everything. I've got the auditory, the visual, like everything. And then the comic books I read, they have a lot more plot points, and I feel like I really got to know the characters a mm-hmm. lot better. So they had time to kind of develop for me and. Yeah, you well, get to flesh them out, and you get more f words in the comic book. Yeah, yeah so and like blowjobs. Yeah. There's all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, 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 and I also think that there's a sense in the comics, like you're talking about the idea, you can fill in those gaps, right. fill in the world yourself. For me, when I read Walking Dead in comic book form, I feel like their world is much bigger outside yes. of them. Like, I can yeah. imagine things happening outside the crew. Yeah. Whereas in the TV show, I'm like, are we still in Georgia? What's going on? Like, I don't understand. Like, it just it feels so isolated. But I when I read how the comics, they're not out of Georgia yet. Uh, they're in Washington, aren't they? <clears throat> no. Aren't they still in Georgia? I don't know. Yeah, why we watch it, but I don't. But that's. <laughs> I think that's the thing about the TV show is it. It doesn't matter really where they're at, right? Like it's not central as to the story. As long as there's yet. trees. As long as they're like. <laughs> as long as there's like people being eaten by zombies. I can't take that show as long walking through the woods. Montages where it's just like <laughs> Daryl for like ten minutes in silence walking through the woods yeah. like contemplating life. Well, yeah. like, and the zombie, when they finally get somebody, the walkers, yeah. they are, um, it's so gruesome and, like, I'm over it, so I'm always like, fast forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always that slurping sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ew, gross, gross. I don't like that. Dude, you can get a, you want to, like, you should get a gig on The Walking Dead as a the slurper. slurper? You make slurper sounds. Oh, that's right, that's right. Let's see, let's see. A slurper, that's like the porn Walking Dead. <laughs> That that sounded like a delicious yeah. a delicious Zom- entrail. It's a zombie snack. Delicious entrails. <laughs> so uh Gab, All slurping aside. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Gab, you've been on the show, you've answered that question before, but this would be the second book I've made you read for the podcast. <laughs> second yeah. book I made you read for the podcast. Uh, the first one uh, caused a riff in the marriage. Yeah. It was uh, I, I was there for the aftermath when the, the mic shut down. Uh, Josh was very upset that we we didn't love She Hulk. I know, <laughs> and uh, he took it out, and uh, uh, you know he, um, you know, uh, I would say he that was he was very angry you know, with me. I was yeah, gonna, I was, very... I was gonna, I was gonna tattoo non-compliant on you, yeah. and send you to a prison planet. <laughs> yeah, I like Gabby sleep on the couch for a week. <laughs> I like to ask, like, I mean, I only get brought in for female ones, so this is kind of like sexist. I but... like to say that she mentions that outside of podcast world also what? she's really upset about the the sexism okay how she only gets brought on female comics yeah yeah she hulk well, bitch planet I, I figured it'd be weird if we had like a handful of dudes talking about bitch planet but maybe it would open up more eyes mm, maybe. maybe we did we did a bat girl uh with a uh yeah, with underage a, teenage boy with an 18, that makes with you an feel eight, any better 18, <laughs> 18. <laughs> Phew. it got a little bit awkward just doesn't drive yet yeah he just doesn't drive yet <laughs> 
So, by the way, I, my favorite was uh, listening back to that podcast. It's just like seeing, hearing Josh. Um, you felt like you felt like a, a, a teacher talking to a student. Yeah. It was just like okay. it was, in fact, a teacher talking <laughs> to a student. So, Gab, this is the second the second book I made you read. Uh, and then, but and when you say made me read it seriously, I, I asked you to read. No, it. like he's been pushing this on me. I just finished it last night. Well, so. because it was sitting on. I know the it's my fault. Forever. I'm sorry. I know. See, see I, what I, have to I finished it about a couple hours ago. So <laughs> you don't ever yell at Travis. I'm the only one that like ordered this. I read immediately it right read no, it. Or, we, I ordered it immediately when it was cheap. He ordered it, but then he takes it and reads it, and then when he's done with it, then I get it. It was yeah, but It was sitting on the shelf. It for was. Like You're right. Three, I'm sorry. Four weeks. I, I started it, then like I stopped love? it, and yes. then I yes. started it again. All right, that sounds like a good song. Sitting on your shelf for a week. That's like a good mm-hmm. like song chorus about love. It is. Yeah. His so okay. second book, second book. Uh, you made me read. Can I? Can I? I'm going to ask you before getting into the details of the book. Was this a uh, having been? I mean, you in your class you teach. You do a graphic novel with your kids. You did that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabby and Becca are both English teachers. Rats used to be an English teacher. You so are the odd person. I am an economics teacher, so this should be like a really good literary discussion in this in this room today. Uh, but. Uh, this being the second one, and, and having done that with your kids, it, was this easier to get through, or do you think like you? Well, after I uh, did a graphic novel study with my students, yes, this was easier for me to get through because um, I knew more of what I was looking for. So, like visually, um, I and and you're so mad about the stuff visually last time. I was afraid to bring it <laughs> up, but. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, it was easier for me to get through. I think I learned how to read comics better because that was, I think, that was a frustrating part for me was that I didn't know how to read comics. So when I read She Hulk, it was just kind of frustrating. But now I know, and it's hey, less look, frustrating. We did our job. Mm-hmm. We, ex- we exposed her. We exposed you. You to exposed comics. yourselves to me. Yeah. Thank you. Through no comics, no problem. Yeah. There's a lot of exposure in this comic. A lot. Let's talk about the authors. Go ahead and do the uh, author intro. Uh, so, uh, Bitch Planet is on Image Comics. It's written by uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, who uh, is co-creator with the artist Valentine DeLandro. DeLandro. Valentine DeLandro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Used to, she writes pretty deadly for uh, Image Comics, and she's also the big redo of Captain Marvel. So Carol Dan versus Captain Marvel, she kind of that was her big thing. She she won an Eisner, didn't she? She did win an Eisner, but I don't think it was it wasn't for Captain Marvel. I think it's for Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly. Uh, but Captain Marvel was this big resurgence of female characters uh, in Marvel Comics. Captain Marvel is going to be the first uh, like female lead in a Marvel movie. So that's kind of a big deal. Uh, Valentine Delandro, uh, he wrote X Factor, or not wrote, he did art on X Factor back in the late 2000s. Uh, in the late 2000s. Uh, he did Bloodshot for, Val- uh, for Valley Comics and then um, this. So uh, I think some covers in there. And then issue three in Bitch Planet was done by Robert Wilson IV. Robert Wilson IV is. Uh, did issue number three. Robert Wilson the fourth. Robert Wilson the fourth. Wilson the fourth. He did the. Uh, there's an issue in the middle of this issue number three, which is a fill-in issue that he did, uh, and then Chris Peters did colors throughout. So he did he did colors on this. So here we go, Travis. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna we give you the, the two minute summary. So okay. You get the two minute summary. So you go ahead. I don't, I don't need two minutes. For okay. This. 
the story is called Bitch Planet, and Bitch Planet, uh, and you fill in the gaps because I do have a lot of questions okay. as far as what's happening in this book. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> I make a mistake. Um, so Bitch Planet is this uh, penal, penile, penile, <laughs> uh, colony that's outside. It's uh, it's on its own separate planet. It's away from Earth, and it's where they put all all the women that um, they can't keep on Earth because they have broken laws uh, of the society. Now, the society that they have broken the laws to is a very a patriarchal society. It's built on the idea that uh, men are in control and they're always correct. Uh, and so as the story opens up, we are introduced to Bitch Planet. We see the the prisoners, the women who are um, detained on Bitch Planet, and they're a motley crew of women from all different shapes, colors, and sizes. They're all there for, all there for different reasons. And the story itself switches back from what's happening on Bitch Planet to what's happening on Earth with the politics of of this big game, which is like the equivalent of football. It's yeah, called Megaton. 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 Oh, and there's like another name for it too, right? Dumilla. Dumilla. Dumilla and Dumilla. Megaton are these two big games. And, and as readers, we are led to believe that the, these games play a big role in society. And the women on Bitch Planet are going to be uh, creating a team that's going to play in these Megaton uh, games, which are, go- which are typically a, a male-played game. So... Uh, those are kind of the broad strokes of it. Uh, to get it kind more of, detailed, it kind of I would have like, to like read it like three or four more times because there's a lot <laughs> happening in this. It, there's a lot that. happening. It follows like two major characters. Uh, Cam is kind of the one who they get to run the uh, this non-compliant team for uh, Megaton, and then Penny is the big gal. If I, I don't, yeah, the just call her fat. She likes it. Yeah, she likes <laughs> yeah. It. She's so she's the one who uh, who kind of. You get a whole issue about how she's non-compliant. So I'd say that those are two of the big focuses in the book. And kind of, it's a lot of world building in this first volume, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as one of the things, as, we, as I read more and more trades, one of the things that I'm really finding is that I have to become more patient with these books in the first three issues. Because I'll get a book like Bitch Planet or some of the ones that we've had. I'll read the first two issues and I, I'll, I'll put it away for a couple of weeks because I'm like, I don't know what's going on in here. I don't want to have to work at this. Uh, and I, I, I think that some of these trades that we've been reading lately, you have to put in the work and be okay with not knowing where the story's going for sometimes two or three, even four issues. So. That's right. I think like like this one, reading it, a tr- like reading it monthly would be tough, I think, just because that first issue... I had it was a little I was it was I know that Gab when you were reading that first issue you asked me a couple things because uh, you weren't really sure what was going on right right because I get easily confused no I didn't say no, that no, it's okay in this book I'm so no I, I and that's exactly what happened I read the first um the first what is it it's probably just issue, the first issue yeah and I was like I don't get it I'm I'm confused and then Josh was like why are you confused so um. <laughs> And then even as I read it again last night, I was like, I don't understand what happened. And then um, I think because there's no um, – sometimes I rely heavily on music in any type of like show situation or um, movie situation. So I'm waiting for the music to kind of cue me as to what kind of feeling I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. having. So um, I was waiting for that. But, yeah, I just didn't. And I put it down after I, the first one. Yeah, I want Quentin Tarantino to score this book. Just like <laughs> listen to like a Quentin Tarantino playlist as you read through, you know, Bitch Planet would, yeah. would be perfect. Yeah, it so, would be good. So uh, 
how about you, Becky? Did you have the same going into it? Were you was it like overwhelming? I mean, or... I was a little dazzled by the amount of nipples and pubic hair, but <laughs> besides that, I I felt like I could follow it pretty well. I mean, there were some panels that I had to go back to and right really look at, but. I'm generally smarter than Gabby, so I feel like I can. Yes, absolutely. Well, the, sure. the, the the concept, the high concept, is, is very simple. It's a female prison colony in outer space. Really, kind of like you're like, oh, okay, it's it's great. It's a great selling point. And then when you get into it, it's it's much more complicated than that. I think that it's like corrupt. I just the idea that is. Um, I hear Bitch Planet. I think it's going to be just a fun story about a bunch of women prisoners on this outer space. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like Orange is the New Black in Outer Space. (laughs) But there are, I think there's these uh, undertones. The politics they bring in, there's a lot of politics. And the politics takes away, took me away from just reading it as like, I want to see some boobies and hear some prison (laughs) jokes and maybe see some weird aliens. There's no saga. Yeah, there's no no saga. And so uh, once I got into it, I saw the politics were a part of it, I had to kind of step back and be like, oh, it's got a fun title, Bitch Planet, but it's not going to be a fun, lighthearted romp all the way through. Yeah. 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 Uh, This this woman has a message. (laughs) I think that the turning point for me was the the husband. Yes. That's when I was like, oh. (laughs) How are you guys? Um, (laughs) Oh, your husband can send you there and have you murdered? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) It's a tough, it's a tough it's a tough world. It's a tough world. There's a ton of world building in this first issue, and they do it in a bunch of different ways, right? There's a couple, like, there's a little bit of backstory you hear on some characters that you get stuff. There's, like, passing conversations that kind of lay out what this world is like. Uh, Becca, if you could, what would you, if you were to describe this future, how would you describe it? Well, <clears throat> I think that... You want my opinion on it, or you just want like facts, well, I, factual you, information? You figure out how you want. No, it's your yeah, your thoughts on it. What what, what would you? Okay, well, there's some confusing parts of this book. <laughs> okay, um, I think that the the corseted hologram nun, mm-hmm. she's a little Jim. bit confusing for me because why is she in a corset, but she's also a nun, but she's also wearing underwear? Well, she played she played the Catholic card for that one thing. Yeah, but she's still showing her giant boobies for that part. Yeah, so but the, she's the male guards, hologram. the male guards so gotta... I feel like I lost your question. I'm just going to keep going on this point okay. and then I'll come back to it. <laughs> um, her, her tab actually says WTF is up with this hologram. Yeah. <laughs> so so I doesn't like it. I feel like that's a comment on on religion. So for this whole world, I feel like the point that they're making with this is that feminism is important that it that patriarchy infiltrates all part, all mm-hmm. parts of society. So we have this society that's run by men, uh, a, a politician who quotes Byron, but sounds like an idiot otherwise, <laughs> like slapping girls' butts, you know? It's like, so we have that going on, and then you also have this religious aspect, and then there's in the second or third, whichever one is Penny's issue, there's the um, the part with education. So it's just a world where you have this heavy patriarchy but there's no escape from it. Like, it's in every single part mm-hmm. of your life. Well, I think that's why she's a nun, right? Because, like, who's in charge? Who, like, that's why she's a nun. Who's in charge in the Catholic Church, right? The Pope, who's a dude. Their fathers, right? Like, and that's kind of, that's what they call yeah, that leader. That was, I thought that was really creepy. Right? It is, yeah, it is I weird. Was like, oh, we're calling oh, him called father. father. I, yeah. I really think it was that was, like, a religious point. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's very like too, Catholic church sort of thing. Yeah, but he was definitely not. That's I thought he was like a Catholic priest at first. I'm like, no, that's not right. That's just what you and get I, called when you're in I, charge. I couldn't get it if if like he was like the big father, but like if everyone like if it was ranked in society, you had uh-huh. to call the person above you instead of sir. I thought you had to call them father. Yeah, like so if he had a, you know, a boss at work, you'd be like. Yes, father, I'll get right on that. Or is it just there's this one father? I didn't I didn't understand that. I think he's the one father. I he's think the like one father. he's in charge of their whatever they call that part of their world. There's like partition or whatever it is, like their section of the world. Mm. Like he's in charge of that. Um there's like there's a ton of like little political things throughout there. Um like little digs at a bunch of like little tiny things like there's one issue where they tell you the there's like they're talking about the game they're talking about megaton and they make a comment and they're talking about two of the teams and one of the teams and we're from arizona so mm-hmm. there's a team called the arizona wetbacks yeah, and i was that's like awesome. oh that's like a like there's like all these little digs about what society's like throughout the book and those little tiny ones seem to really build what the world is in this book. I think there's a ton of background stuff that builds this patriarchy, this, this male driven society in this book. Well, I, I always find it interesting when, um, uh, well, we think about the, the conics view of, uh, of, of feminism in this. I mean, there's, there's so many different types of feminists out there, you know? Um, but I think that like what you said, the example of the idea of she's not afraid to be politically incorrect at the same time. I wonder what her stances are on political uh, uh, political correctness as far as we live in a society now where we're today where we have you know schools where you have to like you can't be gender specific when you refer to people you can't say you know like um, what was it Harvard put this thing in now where it's not you can't say him or her you have to say like, it, like mm. pronouns it's mm-hmm. like non-gender pronouns we're using and being reinforced in universities and things like that so um, there's a political correctness in here do you think and there's a political incorrectness in this book. Uh, you know, does that? What do you? How do you? How do you feel about that, ladies? Uh, do you think that it was the feminism in here was uh, like it was it too on the nose? Was it too much? Like this is a feminist book. We're gonna put these feminist ideals, or was it? You think it was skillfully done as far as uh, how she kind of wove that into the story? I think there's probably elements of a little of both of those. I mean, it's definitely like a kind of like in your face. Um, this book is going to be about feminist issues and um, even in the way that the art is portrayed, I think. So, um, but I also think that there's deeper issues there that aren't overt. So you you do have to kind of like look at them a little bit more. Like with the idea of a Catholic wearing a, um, what do you call that? A habit? Yeah, because I'm not Catholic. So <laughs> um, like wearing a habit yet wearing a corset at the same time. It's a little, it's it's like sexual and religious at the same time so it, it can get kind of confusing well, i think like so. the habit i think like the habit points to her being submissive to a man right like the the catholic nuns are right they're submissive to a father but then i think the corset is like you got to make the dudes happy though right i think even 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 in a world where her hologram is for the other women i think she's portraying to the non-compliant women what compliance looks like if that I makes could, sense. Does that yeah, make I sense? Could, I could see that. Yeah, because you actually don't get too many. Um, the only instances of compliant females that are in this trade is this called a trade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are ones that you just kind of like go, eh. Right? There's like some serious, like, it's, it's very like Stepford-y. The like, compliant women? Mm-hmm, yeah. Those are my favorite characters in this whole book. <laughs> I knew they would be. Yeah. They would be. yeah like yeah. Dawn. Um, 
So they, they don't have an edge on them at yeah. all. They're very, they, they are compliant and they'll do what you want and they don't have a mind of their own. And so I guess but that's I, a bit over. Yeah. I thought that it was, it was, it was very, it's black or white. You're either a bitch on bitch planet or you're a Stepford wife on earth. Like those, right. none of those women, we haven't, well, I guess the guard, the main guard who, yeah, like the female guard, she is the only one who seems, I wouldn't call her, I wouldn't say she's compliant. She has her own things. I, I think she's, she's kind of uh, like a agenda. bitch in her own, mm-hmm. her own right. But um, you haven't met anyone who's compliant and has any kind of personality to them. Right. Uh, which is a bit overt and a bit kind of like, oh, like, do you have to be, you know, like uh, Cindy Lauper in 1980, <laughs> you know, to be like uh, uh, independent, like a, a, a fully realized woman? Or is is it an either or situation? This mm-hmm. book? I yeah, think it's a bit I feel extreme. like I I couldn't relate to a lot in this, mm-hmm. and I consider myself a feminist. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know about you know how people talk about man hating feminists. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like this was. So I, I had a hard time with those those polar extremes. So we had like feminists. I couldn't really relate to any of these women. I just couldn't because I don't feel like I can recognize. Um, patriarchy in my society but i don't feel like it's holding me back to the point that it was shown in this mm-hmm. right um i also didn't and i know this is a, a prison drama or whatever but all the women were uneducated nobody bought into and i don't i'm making an assumption there right. from their speech patterns but like no one bought into education no one bought into anything and if you did buy into those things then you were white remember marion yeah Mar- the marion so they said, who's going to, it's going to be a white bitch that says she's innocent. And then it was. Right. Yeah. You know, and so I know they're making a comment about, um, about prison populations and all that, which I, I mean, I can get behind that. Right. But as a white woman, as a white bitch, where do I fit in? Well, and this? yeah, that's a good point because one of the things I thought was interesting was the reason that they were there. Like it was non-compliance or disrespect. Right. Any, it was something done against the patriarchy that mm-hmm. got them there. So I would have liked to have seen more of educated right. women in there. Cause that would make more sense. Like yeah. they are there because they have chosen to be non-compliant because they are educated to the point where they realize that the inequality is, doesn't exist. Right. So have women in there that are highly educated that can mobilize the other women, the thug women, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a, that's a cool dynamic you could have on the planet that we haven't seen yet. Well, yeah. I, th- I think the I think part of the point is in this society, there's no reason for a woman to be educated. Right in the patriarchy, you wouldn't have a job. I mean, I mean but that's teacher, our society but... two hundred years ago. You mm-hmm. can't. I mean, but, but I think I think that what they've. I think there's like this magnifying glass on, you know, the satire of the book. The satire of the book is to take, um, I think current situation and turn it to eleven, right? right. And so it, <laughs> I think that they lose an audience there, though. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a potential audience because I've read lots of feminist you know texts that get me that i'm like hell yeah feminism that rocks but this was like alienating so i i would like to know what their who their audience was like when they were writing this when they're planning it out who did they think they were appealing to and really what's their purpose well, is it, it to get yeah. people into feminism? Because I don't think I think it's too harsh for that. I, th- I think what it is is I think it's it's a female comic artist who's writing for a uh, a female audience in comics who in the comic book industry in nerd culture are often called 
like fake geeks or um, and, and I, I think it's I think it's a bigger commentary on those people who feel left out in the comic book industry who aren't white dudes like me and Travis, right? And so I think that that might be a bigger case of it. That 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 might be a bigger case of it, uh, rather than um, rather than anything else. That that might be might be the big thing on it. Is Gabby keeps breathing, breathing into, into the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like sniffing. It's like this. Yeah, Josh is waxing poetic here. <laughs> like she's like she's working up a nice anger to what you're saying. Like at the end of that speech, she's gonna punch you. She's just like, if there's any anger issues, it is towards this child that keeps coming down here. What? No, but yeah, you're cranking yeah. cranking it up to uh, eleven. The audience is 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 interesting too, and I think it's uh, the audience is really gonna come into play when we start talking about the art. Um, one of the things that you see with, you know, uh, I know, uh, like, the the women who go to, like, conventions, like, mm-hmm. the, the the women who, that dress up, you know, the, the characters well, they're reading. This is easy cosplay. They're, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, the females that they're reading, though, they're all hypersexualized. Um, and here you don't see that at all, uh, which wouldn't go. If well, the, there's if, lots oh, of nudity yeah, in there. Oh, well, I don't yeah. think nudity is, is hypersexualized. No, there's, there's definitely. Like the shower scene. But, yeah. but, the, sh- but I'm gonna, the shapes of the women in this comic book are far different than yeah. the shapes of women in every other I mean, but they were. Book. you have that one fat girl, but the rest are still very shapely. I don't see a lot of mom guts in there. No, no but what I mean is. This that, wouldn't fly. Like, you're not going to see. I don't Mary have a Jane mom gut. I just want to clarify. Spider-Man looking like this. You're, you know, or like Saga. You're not going to see the, the, the way their bodies are drawn. They're, 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 they're the, the the curves are are aren't what you'd see in Wonder Woman. Like well, Heidi, well, Heidi Klum ain't gonna okay. uh, cosplay but, as one. But of these here's women, but here's here's that like that point though is that if it's trying to appeal to females that don't really are are not really cultured in it, then they're not going to get that right. Like because honestly, I, I don't. I don't but females are I think females are going to see females differently than men do. Mm-hmm. So as much as you don't think that these I I don't know, I just go like, well these these look like the same women that I see in a saga. I mean, she's very like hourglassy and there's, you know, I don't know. I don't I guess I don't see that the same way, but that just might be from a feminine lens. Yeah. I, well, I think I think it's you don't watch enough porn, obviously. <laughs> I, know. I I think I think what it is is it's pointed I think it's pointed to my my i think it's women who read i think first it was women who read comics anyways mm-hmm. and so this was a book about women and then it's a book about um what happens to women in a culture and so those are things that are yeah, like this definitely this is on image comics because it's not something you'd ever see in spider-man or the justice league isn't going to deal with, with bitch planet <laughs> with bitch this planet, week in right? justice league you know they go up to fight bitch planet <laughs> you know and I, th- I think I get I, I I understand what both of you guys are saying, and I I, um, I don't know exactly who the audience is, but what I do know is this has been this has resonated in a really big way with uh, a female audience in comics that a lot of other books don't. This is mm-hmm. be- being received well. This is this oh is yeah, good, no, got, it's, got good numbers, right? It's it does have really good numbers, and there's like this giant movement of women getting NC tattoos, like non-compliant tattoos, and like. As someone who like our Twitter page, the power I, movement. Yeah, I follow I follow huh. Kelly Sue DeConnick on Twitter, and so she always like retweets or or you know people tag her and stuff of like the new tattoo they got or all this of all this stuff where they've incorporated this NC logo 
into a bunch of other stuff. So it, it's made a big impact in the in the comics world. In fact, so big, and I know this maybe doesn't sound big, but as a guy who listens to NPR a lot, comic books don't come up on NPR very often. Right. Uh, but Kelly Sue DeConnick was like kind of was uh, interviewed about. The kind of this book and the impact that, that right before this trade came out of how big this book had kind of gotten in in the comic industry and how it had gotten women who weren't reading comics before or who were kind of turned off by what they saw in comics back into or into books for the first time. Right. Well, there's no redeemable male characters in this no. except towards maybe the end of the trade where we get that that guy uh, who has the daughter up there who has the uh, yeah right yeah. yeah he's the only one who we don't really get to see him. Like be a redeeming character, but his character. daughter yeah, gets but, killed. So. But that's he's the only one that, that has <laughs> that has any sense of not being a complete asshole in this book. The only male. The rest of them are just. It's. I, I'm reading this. And I was like, oh, I don't, these people don't. <laughs> this, they don't like me. I'm sorry. Um, I'm a white male. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be yeah, sorry. It's as worse a when you're middle class. Then you just go. Oh, people want to kill you. Yeah, and I think part of that is we're we're all coming from a pretty privileged place, you know. Yeah. With the exception of Gabby, who's obviously a minority. <laughs> the rest of us have like this lens of the world that is it's privileged. It's easy for me to be like, this is inflammatory. I'm educated and I am not compliant because I haven't, you know, dealt with a lot of things. So I can recognize that I'm coming from. A pedestal. Well, I think we also we also both of you work in, and um, the two of us also worked in a field that was fairly the amount of teachers who are women, right? So right. you don't necessarily, aside from principals, most of the time, uh, you know what I mean? Like, right? No, your leadership it, is mostly your leadership, male. Your leadership is female, and so I think that that's that's one of the that might be a. A drawback for us because no one's slapping asses in our in in our workplace, right? Like, no, I, I, I slap Gabby's ass. We, <laughs> live, we live and we work in Bitch Planet. <laughs> I get it. I you know I get a good slap at Gabby's every once in a while, but we work together and we're married, so it's okay. Uh, but I think that maybe that kind of makes me go, oh, the world isn't really like this. Right, because it's like Mad Men. We, you and I, watched one episode of Mad Men, and I couldn't handle it because there was too much too chain trite. smoking. Well, I think and too ass, too much ass slapping in one episode of Mad Men. So, like, okay, so I get the whole point of the um, the comic, and I see it, and actually, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. I'd actually I want to read more of this because I want to see where it's going. Um, but I wouldn't say the same thing about Saga. Probably, you know, like yeah. it's too over hyper. Just stop being a bitch, gross. Gabby. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but what gets me is um, I'm assuming that these happen after every trade. Yeah, that would have been these, the, that would have been the end of the every end. issue. Yeah. Okay, so what do we call this? That's like the ad page instead the ad of like page. Yeah. yeah. So it's like reading Mad Magazine. Yeah, and then you come to the end and you get these um, pages. This is actually what struck me as like horrid was um like okay so the one that i read last night that i was like god that sucks and um, when it says misconnection long shot but here it goes 15 years ago some stupid 80s club in new york city you drunk smelled like both abercrombie and fitch me pushed up um, pushed me up against a wall while you forced your hand in my pants i held my lit cigarette out of your face and tried to talk my way to safety i regret that i missed my opportunity to rip your heart out and shove it still beating down your throat call me and and that's real and that happens to the most privileged girls or uneducated girls. It doesn't. It happens to every girl. So, like, that's the kind of stuff where I was like, man, like, that does suck. And so when you, when I read it from a female lens and I see stuff like that, I kind of get the overgeneralization of what's happening in these first few um, episodes or comics, if you will. But I, I see like the point. <laughs> 
You're right there. Like, Travis just fell I'm off good. the table. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm good. I see that those points where it's just like I think that they're coming from this place of recognizing that um, in society, females are put at a completely different level, and it doesn't matter if you guys. Oh, it's so adorable. If it doesn't really matter if. Um, if you you can be educated or you could be poor and the same things are going to happen to you just for your for being a female yeah and, and I, in, in just a few lines like that i'm like i w- it's either happened to me or it's happened to somebody i know what what is you know reading the story there's a lot of different angles on it as far as um uh, a lot of different things to like or dislike what what was your what was your favorite aspect of the story like what what in there like was it the bitch planet planet parts was it the the game they were playing was it the dynamics of of uh, the politics on Earth, what was the most, um, I guess, entertaining or uh, intriguing, intriguing part of the story for you? What, what? Um, it was the pubic hair, and I've said that before. I'm going to say it again. The pubic hair was amazing. <laughs> no, I'm. I really think that it was the idea of um, of having a whole separate planet for people. It goes back to like history when we talk about Australia, Australia. and the idea that you can shove people off into somewhere else because you don't want them around you you don't want them like um diluting your your Wait, society that's why Not the pilgrims diluting. came here well that's, yeah. that's why the pilgrims moved to the americas so they could get away from everybody who wasn't doing what they wanted it's like the reverse of this mm-hmm. you know yeah so i like that idea um i also noticed some of the details when when you very first started in this first issue there's one girl with her eyes open was it the white girl? Oh, and like the uh, montage scene? Yeah, it, might, it, it might be. I don't know. It's hard to tell. So I really like some of the little details that they put in there. I, I like the ads at the end. I like that sometimes there's eyes open. Sometimes there's like this weird pornographic. Like I don't. Someone looks like they're getting. Can we profane on your yeah, podcast? Yeah, Somebody yeah. looks like they're getting shit on. Like their faces. Mm-hmm. And then there's like an abortion or something happening. In the yeah, room. in the background. It's just like really it's these little tiny details where I'm like, okay. I, and I might not necessarily agree with the, with the heavy handedness, but I do like the method, the right. methodology. It sounds like the art really kind of like just like the, the what they choose to show kind yeah. of was, was intriguing for you as well. Just like the actual physical art of the right. book was like interesting to look at. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like how there's a lot of pinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those. I'm a lady. Yeah, I love those the, big splash pages yeah. when they say when they. It's like they had the stinger at the beginning, and then it's like bitch planet double yeah. spread. Like the coloring on that. It's is really. Just, it's all very like 70s movie poster. exploitation. Yeah, yeah, it's very like an exploitation, like black exploitation movies from the 70s. That's was one of the big things I pulled out of here is like they took something. Uh, they took like an era of movies, an era of you know of that, and just ran with it because the the concept is its of itself is a really like seventies. Yeah, like, yeah, it's really seventies. Yeah, a really seventies <laughs> sci fi kind of thing to do is to like take this this idea because it sounds like you think of like Escape from New York, right, or Escape from L.A., mm. which is uh, you turn a city into a prison with all the bad people. And that's a real like John. It reminds like a John Carpenter movie. But with bitches. Well, in the 1970s, female prison movies was a genre within itself. There's there's dozens of females in prisons. It was like a, it was like a fetish movie, and it was all about the idea that these women were were contained in this world. They had these small um, communities, and they'd just be badass and hyper. Like in those movies, they'd be like you know like sexy sh- sour, uh, shower lesbian scenes, just like in the book here. And they even put the title you obligatory, know, obligatory shower, shower scene because <laughs> in those movies, you always had to have. 
you know, these two prisoners going at it in the showers. Uh, but they would always, like, kill the guards and plan their escape. And so it, this the, the concept of this book comes from a long tradition of this genre, female prison genre. And lately we've seen it with Orange is the New Black, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys watch that show? Yeah, you, I watch all... that show? I, I'm a I mean, bitch. I, I watch that show. I yeah. don't. I, I watch don't. all three I do watch Mad Men, yeah. though, so. Oh, that makes yeah. you a bigger bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Traitor! Um. <laughs> So, Becky, your your copy of Bitch Planet is highly annotated. Yeah. There's like a thousand <laughs> sticky notes in it. With pink sticky notes. That was on purpose. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna I wanna ask you, you have a lot that you wanna talk about with this. So I wanna give you a I wanna give you your opportunity to kind of like what do you, how do you wanna guide our conversation on this? You you have a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't even there. know if I can really narrow it down. I was just like, here's my little tab for when they talk about this. Okay. Um yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna let you down That's on okay. this one. That's all right. You just had a bunch of stuff, so I didn't know if there was, if there was something that you're like, I really, I want to, I want to talk about this. I want to make sure I bring this. I up. mean, I, as an educator, I want to talk about the education piece. I like that little okay. comment. Let's talk about that. Like the the part where they're in school or where? Uh, they... Oh, oh, I got. Ooh, arr, arr, I got a oh. question for you, ladies, about this. Okay, so you're talking about the part where she's talking about the principal yes. of the school. Yes. What does she pull out at the end? I, it, was, it was like a hair. She, she's combing her hair. It's a brush, yeah. And then she like goes and pulls down like a, like a dentist light, and she goes, "You know, you know what's next." And then she puts the brush down and picks up. I can't tell if it's like a a hair curler, a flat iron. A it's flat, a flat iron. It's a flat iron. Yeah. Okay, so she's gonna burn her, or she's she gonna fix she's her gonna hair. She's gonna try to straighten her hair. Oh, okay. Because because bitch is black. Yeah. 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 You gotta have straight hair. Well, do you, let me ask you that. Is that like a comment of um, we can look at it throughout this? The women who are non-compliant are oftentimes not white. Uh, yeah, and that's why I'm saying is it's a little bit alienating as a white woman. Yeah, like, where's that. mine? Oh, my character gets killed in the first three minutes. <laughs> or is it? Or is it? Beca- are they making a comment more? About, well, there's a couple. There's that one redhead lesbian in there, so she's she's white with one eye with a, the uh, handicapped <laughs> red lesbian. Yes. <laughs> we were hitting a lot of demographics on this, but. But the but the is there this idea that you're automatically because white you're already privileged? So yeah, well, this is kind of what I got with to be compliant. I taught at a school that had a, like a really high black population, right? So um, they used to like play with my hair after school. They'd like come in and brush it and talk about how soft, yeah. whatever. But what I noticed there that was kind of heartbreaking was the. Um, when there was somebody that was in my classroom for tutoring or whatever, and then they'd, they'd leave, they would get this commentary if there were any kids in the hall about, like, selling out or, wait, you're actually trying at this? You're actually, I heard right. once, you're actually trying at this? What grade do you have in there? I've got an A. Are you serious? Why do you have an A? And it was, like, um, derisive, you know? It was, like, why are you buying into education? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what got me with this is it was like it's a white woman who's like she's educated all these other people with the way that they speak girl she is they're not buying into this the main bad guy quotes byron you know like the people that are educated are the bad guys Mm -hmm. and i don't think that that's necessarily the message that feminism wants to portray so i'm a little bit confused about why and i know i'm bringing it back again because we said something Mm -hmm. about it earlier but why go that route well, is it the idea that education makes you that the so is it a commentary on how a lack of education creates this second society, right? So being white people who I grew up in a, you know, a pretty hick town, 
my school was good. It was well-funded. I had really small class sizes. So I know that my education was far different than someone who is in like inner city wherever. Yeah. And so is it, a comment, is it less of a commentary about feminism and more of a commentary about uh, the way schools run or how privileged white society yeah, is? Well, I, it, what, as educators, we see it from the inside and we know that we go into the classroom and we're trying to create independent thinkers that can then discover their place in the world. But the way I think a lot of the outside non-educators look at, um, like the, the proverbial, proverbial middle America looks at education right now, it's like, I think the idea is, we're, we're, oh, you're teaching uh, kids how to conform to society. Like you, you are like this. The school systems are pumping out kids that are conforming to society. Uh, I work for a uh, publishing company that publishes textbooks, and we get that all the time. People protest the idea that uh, you are controlling the way that uh, kids are educated, and they're being, edu- you know, they're all being pushed these. Or we see a push of new standards. People get upset with new standards. They think they're it's uh, pushing all students into these tracks. Or it's it's we're pushing kids to I don't, I don't know but I think as educators we, we see education and we know what our responsibility is and we see our own um, place in the education system but I think outside the education system I think some people and I think certainly um, the way it's portrayed in poverty and minority is that we are teaching people to conform and if you don't if you're not down with the education system then um, like the, you make it, I didn't even think about that as I was as I was reading that Becca like that it was I didn't pay enough attention to that all the people who are portrayed as the villains even the women and the men are all educated and all of the heroes or people who are being set up to be heroes they're all um, minorities or uh, underprivileged people that's I, that's a good point and I think Josh you might be right it might be uh, less about like feminism and more about a take on the education system. But I think that's, I think it's wrong. I I think it's a wrong take Mm -hmm. on the education system. I agree with Becca that that's not how I see society. If this is satire on what's going on. And I feel like I have to like preface that with, of course I'm on a pedestal, you know, like Josh said, I grew up in a a mostly white community. So what do I know? Well, you know, you're an educator, so you're, you're in the heart of it. So you, you, you have the ability. I mean, it doesn't mean your opinion's right, but there's, very few there's you're in a position to talk about this without feeling like oh i'm just talking out my ass right yeah but if you're but if you're going to control a society how do you do it right and i think that that's the other comment about this too is like if you're going to control if this is what your society looks you like get all mark twain on us education but, but yeah. that's but that's yeah, how you're gonna you're right. that's how you're gonna control a society is through education so i, I don't know if it's I think sometimes we take it personally because we're like, school's not like that. I am not like that. But I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a comment on how would you control it. If you were going to control a society, you start by controlling the youth through school, right? We like, saw in Persopolis. Yeah. When the, when the, when the regimes changed and the girl's autobiographical life, what was her name? Uh, in the, like, we'll call her like Matilda or something like that. At school, every time the regime changes, the whole curriculum changes uh, because we are, we're, we have to get our, those kids... You know, re-indoctrinated, re-ind- you know, perfect, perfect way of saying it. I went the long way around this whole diatribe, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I think that that was. Kind of, I thought that that that's my favorite issue. Issue three, where you follow Penny. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. Is too. my I favorite agree. issue because you got to dig into what society was like, right? Like 
we're kind of we're dealing with a bunch of different characters and a bunch of different stuff and all the other issues. But that issue, I was like, I get to see what happened to one character, mm-hmm. why they're at where they're at. And then I also learned a ton about the world that she's in, whether it was the education system or whether it was what happens when you become non-compliant. All those sort of things, I, I, I think we really got out of that. We could talk issue. about body image. I mean, that's a pretty strong thing. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah. a huge thing in there too. Um, and I think that that rings through a lot in this book. This idea uh, of like I'm a dude and dad bods are sexy now, right? Like it's okay to have a dad bod, but yeah. there's no mom bod movement. That's the last you know summer, I mean? Josh. It's it's, <laughs> it's back to not is. being cool again. But but you, but you know what I mean? Like like there's this. I mean, I don't. You and I, Travis, we don't really deal with it. I mean, you go to the gym, so you never have to deal with it. You're like a you're like a dude who's in shape. But like, uh, but. There's this thing that there's judge this, for our, the way yeah, you work through you know I because here's what I do. But none of the men in this are like that's what super I, that's hot. what I'm saying. Like all the guys are schlubby looking. Really creepy guys. looking too. They're all like, uh, oh, when can we talk about peeping Tommy? <laughs> peeping Tommy, my favorite hey, character if they in the all book. Have that size of penis. Then I now I know why things go awry. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was like, pinky. They're all creepy. They're all creepy looking dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peeping like, Tommy might be the most attractive male in this book. I did not notice the penis until oh you just said that. Gosh. And now I'm flipping over. <laughs> it's like, and it, what's so great is there's there's arrows drawing because, it to, to like the, your freckles. Because he says, like, yeah. you have three freckles on your yeah. penis. So like, one. One, two. two. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I didn't oh, know what I was looking at at first. I'm like, oh, this is like a close-up of his penis. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. That's definitely a shaft. Yeah, it's just very... Mom like, look at this shaft. picture, though, right there. Right. This, this is the one I'm thinking of in proportion to his body. <laughs> yeah, it's very... Especially if he's looking at women. I mean, I can accept a small penis if it's on a very small man, but yeah. proportionally... <laughs> And it's like he's, David. He's got to be at least slightly aroused <laughs> like if he's right. watching. And was he mashing it like against like the porcelain <laughs> tile, or was it like his butt was like back and he was like giving himself some room? Because that was uh, that was a fun scene. That was, I thought like that scene encapsulated what I thought the book called Bitch Planet would be. Right. Like this girl just kicking this guard's ass in the shower because he was perving out on her. Um, She's got like this plan. Exactly. And like when the girls are like talking and they're like, oh, just go with it because he's peeping Tommy and likes to yeah. watch. And you're like, all right, this is Same. Bitch Planet. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that, again, we, we've run into this, Travis. This is something we have all the time because we're, we're watching a, or we read, I say watch, because we're reading first volumes all the time. And that's kind of a downfall for us sometimes. Sometimes I think I want to be like, let's read two volumes of it. Let's get someone in to read two volumes. But we always get is the first volume is always this big world-building yeah. exposition part. Especially when you read a lot of sci-fi type yeah. stuff. Yeah, especially, you know, because they've got to set up all that stuff. You know, if we were reading, like, when we read She-Hulk, there was no world-building, right? It throws you right in because they're like, you're a Marvel nerd. You know this crap, right? right? But on this, you spend four issues. There's an entire issue telling you how the game is played, right? Yeah, There's, like, a whole issue sucked. about... Yeah, I was bored. <laughs> about, uh, I thought that that was a really clever way to tell you about the game with though. the hologram girl? yeah i think that that would that's something that reminds me of like um robocop like those 80s movies where, oh right like, when they would, ever think would be like the expositions is all given yeah like some... through like a news story or through exactly. something like that or like i guess like frank miller dark knight stuff where all the all the details about the world are in a news report oh that was like a really clever way like it reminded me of what you would see in a movie like you'd see the hologram of them explaining to you the game uh, and I, that part was 
part of the commentary in this book that I could like get behind as a dude who doesn't watch football, right? As a guy who doesn't watch football, doesn't really care about football. That part, I'm like, oh yeah, no, you will do better at the office if you can bullshit about well, fo- f- yeah, about football. Right. And I like, you know, was- not about comics. Doesn't yeah. work that way. No one wants to do that. <laughs> Did you guys read Bitch Planet? <laughs> talk, let's talk about it. Who was your favorite? Who was your favorite bitch? Gabby? Penny. 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 Sorry. Yeah, I I like Penny a lot. I mean, she. Is it because Penny's fleshed out the most? I think so. I think you get okay. So same thing happened with Orange joke? Is the New Black. Yeah, all the flesh. <laughs> Same thing happened with Orange is the New Black. In in like the first season, you get a couple of um, a couple of things about the characters, but mainly the main characters. In the second season, you got this whole other view of the secondary characters. So um, I think prob and and that made me like it more, and it made me really like the characters more. So probably because I get some backstory on Penny and where she comes from, and you you know you just kind of have you feel bad about her situation. Um, I think I like her the most. And but he, the unfortunate part is though is I feel like she's playing the comedic relief as being like the big fat funny girl. Right. Yeah, and we can talk about body image now if you want to because I'm going to keep bringing that around. Go too. for it. Go for it. <laughs> no, I uh, I've heard interviews from um like overweight actresses who always say like it's always a comic relief. It's always that's why I like Spy, the movie that just came out, Spy. Came out on video. Mm-hmm. Did you guys with, see that? Yeah. Um, what's her name? Um, Melissa. Melissa. I can't watch a movie with her. McCar- McCar- I think she's hilarious. McCarthy. 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 Oh. <laughs> is she a beetle or yeah. is she something else? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what I liked about that is that she was empowered outside of that comedic relief. And that's what I didn't like about Penny. But she did. She was like a good vehicle for us to really look at. But but fat men are days. like that too in in movies. Like you never see like a fat man as the lead. They're always like the sometimes they're villains. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess like, I guess you saw like what they're doing with like Jabba the Hutt. He's huge. Yeah. That's what I mean. You're either a bad. guy He's actually very or you're... slim for a, uh, a hut. Like, <laughs> or you're the funny, you're like the funny guy in Shaun of the Dead, right? Like that's like right. You're mm-hmm. never the main the chubby character. British guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like I guess they have like. Like Chris Farley is doing what now they're doing with like Melissa McCarthy, I believe her name yeah. is. They're doing where they're like, you, you're, you're funny. You're still gonna play the funny person, but we're gonna give you like the lead role in it. Like you, you're gonna right. have a love in your own love interest, and you're yeah. gonna do all this. But I, I liked what in in this is number three. But the principal says he was talking. Well, the Penny says he was talking about my grandma, and the principal says, Ah, Mrs. Chester Alexander rears her fat, ugly head once again. Like I, no principal's gonna say that. Right. So, like, it's a comment on how this society is very flippant with, with the body image. Like, she's fat, she's ugly, she's worthless. So, well, and also those like those three girls that come into her shop when they order the <clears throat> muffins, yeah, like and they're so like gluten free. Yeah. Um, if we split it three ways, then it'll only be like seventy two calories Which divided by three. They that's, love each other's bowels. Or that's something fifteen like that. calories each. Yeah, that was right. I I love um, your bowels. Yeah, I envy I, I envy your bowels. I trade them for your hair. It's so. And that was kind of juxtaposed at the Try. very beginning when she was with her grandma and they were cooking mm-hmm. and like food was like and they were having fun. And, yeah. 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 Well, it doesn't seem like a very fun place to live for ladies. No, I was like kind of right? like, yeah, like you get you get sent out like maybe that's even more fun because. But there's all these commentaries like uh, where they're I, he's calling uh like they 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 don't use the end like the n word isn't used but the like the derogatory term is skin right like that's mm-hmm. what he's like that's what he mm-hmm. calls like have you ever 
Slept you ever skin, you yeah. ever fuck a skin wild like all yeah. this weird stuff and so that's when she's that's when Penny's she really getting mad while she's making mm-hmm. and stuff like not only are they talking about her weight but then they're talking about her race and like one of my favorite parts of that issue is where she just beats that dude up I'm like yeah finally mm-hmm. kick someone's butt for t-. like all these times throughout this I'm like man these ladies are okay like in the in the normal world like yeah. not on bitch planet but on the world like they're like, just she okay beats with them it. up with like kitchen cooking yeah. Yeah. domestic uh instruments you know like uh brooms and um rolling, rolling pins pin, yeah uh so art we have a couple of minutes here to talk about our favorite panels in the art so uh since you're the resident artist josh i'll let you uh, would you guys like so i think issue three gab you said issue three was your favorite the what? penny one or which one I, I, yeah besides um, Becca, you said, but that's three. not where my yes, favorite three. art comes but, from. But what did you think of the change in art? So the uh, like, so there's one issue that's done by Robert Wilson the Fourth, but the rest of them are all done by um, Valentine uh, Delandro. Which one's done by the first guy that you talked about? Robert Wilson does that issue on Penny. The three was a little more cartoony, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, all the other issues are done by Valentine. What, what do you guys think of the art in general? Was it was it a hindrance? I mean, Becca, you said you read Walking Dead. This had colors, so this has to be like uh, it's like watching The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you guys think of the art in general in here? Go ahead, Becca. Oh, um, I I mean I I, I liked it. <laughs> I, I like the deliberate use of like pastels and soft colors, and it kind of juxtapositions with the violence mm-hmm. that there's. Like, I'm looking at the panel with Penny beating that guy, and it's, like, all these soft purples and soft pinks, and she's just beating the hell out of him. I like that the thwack is in pink, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's a really it's a really different kind of vibe on it. Um, Gab, what did you think of the art overall? Um, I actually, I really liked the art, but it was hard for me to pick, like, a favorite panel, because I think they were more, like, sequences that I liked. Yeah. Um, I thought... There's like a comical part about when they're trying to come up with this um, Violet's proposal. I think it's episode one when they're um, there's obviously like this very jazzercise going on behind them, and I'm assuming that they're running on some type of treadmill. Yeah, that's like giant, and so um, they've already acknowledged that she's an athlete, and so this this whole scene happens. But what happens behind them oh, while they're hilarious. talking? Is, yeah, it is hilarious. I mean, she's going in for like a WWE, like, <laughs> that was full one of my favorite on... parts is when yeah. Penny does the WWE off the back. Like, she climbs back up on the treadmill so she can jump <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, that, that whole sequence is really funny where you're seeing her, like, she falls down off of it, and so someone comes after, like, one of the guards comes after her, and then she beats him up, and so another guard comes. Yeah, and... there's like a very small amount of people behind them when it starts, and as it progresses, there's just way more people behind them. And so I, I thought that that, um, it, it was like a really cool interesting part of detail to put in there because I would assume that most people would just kind of skim right over that or, or go through it. But, um, you definitely, and, and there's, and you're right. When you look at them, there's barely in the background, especially there's not a lot of sexualization. It's very like, they're like clay people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not distracted by any of that except for the giant, you know, gem in the hologram behind her, you know, bending over <laughs> and her like, Thigh high, but again, that's the, you know, the sexualized part. Is is like the, they're totally immune to it. The women yeah. are completely immune to that pink lady. Yeah. I think, um, and so it's it's an interesting like jazzercisey. It to me it feels this does not feel futuristic at all. 
and I thought it would. I thought it would have a little bit more sci-fi saga-y type of like this happens way in the future. Mm-hmm. To me, this almost seems like it happened way before. And even in those comments, like in the eighties, da 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 da, this happened. It's like either happening previous, like in the nineties, two thousands, or like now. I think it's 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 not far away history, right? Because they talk about how. This game is so it's not the same planet because the games have been this weird game has been played forever. They talked about it's been played for right. a really long time, so it's like an alternate U.S. Sure. So it might be happening currently in alternate world, if that makes world sense. World two, world yeah, Earth yeah, two, Earth two. Uh, but but if it's in the future, it's not very far in the future. You know what I mean? So it's like all those movies in the eighties and seventies, like those sci-fi movies where it was like in. You know, in the not too distant future, that like Terminators in what nineteen ninety whatever the bomb blows up, and that was made in the eighties. So we're yeah. all, you know, it's like ten twenty years removed. You know, so it's not like super super in the future. So was that your favorite panel, Gab, or did yeah, you? Yeah, I think that was my favorite sequence. sequence. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other one that I liked was uh, when Penny's looking in the mirror, and they're like, "You need to imagine yourself. We want to see the way that you see yourself as being perfect." And she opens up her eyes, and she's like, "And they're like, how could you see yourself as this? How you are? You are horrible!" And she like laughs at them, and I thought that was um, great. And they said that's her ideal version of herself. There's got to be a mistake. Is the wire, uh, is a wire frayed. frayed? And I, I, you know, it's like kind of cool because I don't think you would see that type of honesty. And so I, I kind of liked her because she was that honest. Yeah. So. Becca, you didn't get your favorite panel. You just said, I asked you about your art. So what's your favorite panel if you had to pick one? Oh, I don't, I don't. That uh, fight one that I said before. With the, no, with the rolling pin? I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with when Cam tries to save Marianne. No, okay. Marianne. Mar- Marianne? Marianne? Yeah. I don't know how to say her name. Marianne? Marianne? Anyway, she tries to save her and, and. There's like fighting and blood and red, <laughs> red because blood. it's a little break from all the pinks, pastels. So real blood. Yeah. Uh, Travis, what did you think of the art overall? Um, I thought um, I wasn't in love with the penciling uh, uh, on Delaney's. Uh, I thought it, it, it kind of washed Deland- out the Delandro. Delandro is that his name? Yeah. Um, I thought it kind of washed out the faces. Like that last issue, it was really hard for me to tell who was who when they were playing the game. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But I tell you what I love they did really well is I love the angles uh, that he did. They're very cinematic. Uh, they told the story very well. They're, uh, they're all kind of like a Dutch tilt. Everything's kind of – so like the panels were – I thought were laid out really nicely. Uh, and there's like kind of a, a cinematic quality to the, the angles he took um, on that. So I think I, I liked I liked the art overall. It was just the faces got a little muddled for me with the penciling. If I were going to pick a panel, um, both of my uh, panels have been talked about. So that sequence, Gab, that you picked, the exercise sequence, and then Becca, you talked about when he, when she's bludgeoning him with a rolling pin. That You didn't say that that was yours, but that's the one I kind of like the best is in that issue three. And I'm a sucker for kind of cartoony art anyways, so I think that's why I like the art. Do you in like him three. better? Do you like than uh, Delandro? I don't think I, – I liked Robert Wilson's uh, issue better, but I don't know that I'd like the whole book to look like that. I think it was cool for that one issue on Penny to look like that. I think you're. I think the one beef about Delandro is the like. It's hard to tell sometimes who everybody is mm-hmm. because of the way the faces are. It's serviceable. It's this really sort of this. Uh, we've gotten to this point in comics where we have this. It's not the Jim Lee detailed comics. Right. It's a really kind of yeah. uh, rough or easy kind of simple kind of styling to it, and it, it's good. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't love it, but um, the panel that I really like is the one. That's in that scene after she beats him with a rolling pin, and it's the, at the top of the screen, 
uh, at the top of the page, and she's holding the rolling pin. It's got blood on it. All the compliant ladies are like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And so they're all freaked out. And then after that, she's like, get out and take the muffins, right? She's like, <laughs> take the muffins with you. Um, but uh, I think that was my that was my favorite one of it. So let me, let's wrap up how we normally wrap up. Uh Gabby, would you recommend this book to someone else? Would you expose someone to Bitch Planet? Bitch Planet. I think I would expose someone to Bitch Planet. Um, like I, I, for me, it's like, would I read another part of this? Would I be interested in the next trade mm-hmm. on this? I think I would. Um, so I, I do think it's. I think it's an interesting commentary. I think that I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of person. Uh, yeah, like. I don't know. Like I think like, like Becca, you give it to Becca. Yeah. But like, would I give it to Mike <laughs> Sobeck? I don't know. You know, like would I give it to a, a male and be like, you should read this. You, you know, you pig. Yeah. Y- you father. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I, I think, uh, you I think, want more of it. I think you don't Sam Godleski would like this one. I'm, I'm going to go give it to her tomorrow. There you go. All right, Becca, would you recommend it? Uh, I would not. No. What'd you think of it overall? Did you not like it or? Well, it goes back to the alienating thing. Okay. I think overall it was well done, but the message of it was not for me. All right. All right. Travis Ratz. Um, once I start, I, I had a hard time reading this uh, just because the, I, I, I went into it thinking, it, I went into it thinking, uh, approaching it one way. I, I went into it thinking one way, which is something you shouldn't do. But um, <laughs> That's how bitch planet. Yeah. Once, uh, once I realized, oh, there's a message that... If you're not paying attention to this message, I mean, that's kind of what the book is built around. Is, well, at least for me, it seemed to be built around this feminist. I didn't go into it as a this was a feminist text until like the third issue. I'm like, let me start reading it as a feminist text and try to like, pick out those things. That became fun, like breaking down the symbolism and what the meaning that what she was trying to say. But it was I don't know. It, it just wasn't. I like I like Becca was saying. I I feel like there's. I, not, I feel like I was attacked, but I'm just—I'm over it. I'm over like this uh, overbearing it kind of feminist yeah. text, and um, uh, maybe I was just a. Shit but but is it? But it, I uh. guess like we don't have this in comics, so I think this is a medium where no, we don't yeah. have that. And so yeah, I'm I, glad this is out there. I'm glad this is out there. So I, I even though I wouldn't read the next one, I would recommend it as a conversation starter because we weren't doing this podcast and we were sitting around. Um, I'm sure things would get a lot more political and, and there'd be a lot more yelling about like, uh, oh yeah, this, this, this. Uh, but um, I think it's a great conversation piece to talk about as a feminine text. But yeah. to enjoy it, it was, it was an enjoyable read. No, so I would recommend it, not for me, I would recommend it to someone who you want to start a conversation with about feminist issues. I, like if you're doing some critical theory and you're looking at it, like this would be a great yes, piece yes, to do yeah. Exactly, yeah. in a graphic novel or literature study if yeah, you were teaching college, college oh my gosh yeah. I could, yeah. I, I'm looking at this going like oh you could talk about the Marxist issues oh. that are mm-hmm, in there you could talk mm-hmm. about the the feminist issues that are in there and the gender and queer I mean apart, like yeah. this is like this is <laughs> Rich well, with they, being able to yeah, talk they did about it well, and I, and I think yeah. that's why this book is made kind of a big impact in comics is because there isn't a lot of this out there. So I, I think that that idea, like, it's a conversation starter for people who don't like for people who read comics. This is a big thing. So I would recommend it. I enjoyed it. I kind of want to know what's happening next. Uh, Becca, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome, Gabby. Thanks for being on the show. You're I mean, you're always here during the show, so thanks for <laughs> thanks for being here on it this time. Yeah. Uh, my name is Josh Buckley. This is Travis Ratz. You can find us on uh, at Comic Exposure on Twitter, uh, www.comicexposure.com. Listen to all our old podcasts, uh, and uh, we'll see you next trade. Mm-hmm.